Well, good morning. Let me add my welcome to Graham's. Lovely to see everyone. And for the last time in this series, I will ask you to turn to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. If you've got a church Bible, it's on page 979, Ephesians chapter 6. You'll see a sermon outline on the back of the order of service. And this morning, our reading is from chapter 6, verse 10 to 24. So Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. And and as we come to it this morning, remind us to be expectant. Remind us to expect something to happen when we gather in your presence. Remind us to expect that your Holy Spirit who dwells in us will bring your word alive within us. Help us, Father, to receive these words as your children. We pray that you would be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, a few years ago, while I was um, still studying at uni, I'd gone back home for the summer, and I went to my local church, and I remember the, the vicar preaching on this very passage. And 
even though it was the, it was the first time I, I'd heard it read or preached on, but it's, it's so unforgettable, such a striking uh, image to put on the armor of God. It was very uh, exciting sermon for exciting passage. Um, but the way it was preached on that morning in Norfolk was that each one of us needs to put on the armor of, of God. We need to fasten on the belt of truth and so on and so on. I'm going to preach it slightly differently to that. I'm going to tweak that interpretation of the passage because, because of what the, the letter teaches us about the church. As the church, we're the one body of Christ. That's such an important thing to remember, and Paul tells us that time and time again in this letter. And that means Christ is fully God and is the only one who can put on the armor of God. Only Christ can put on the armor of God. When we become Christians, it's not that Jesus welcomes each person and takes them in, into God's armory and dishes out individual pieces of armor to each person. Jesus doesn't uh, take each person and send them out to the front line uh, with their marching orders, and, and then we're just left to, to make a stand and keep going. And aren't we so thankful that he doesn't? Because without Jesus, apart from him, trying to wear the armor of God would be a bit like a, a, ted, uh, a toddler sorry, trying to step in their father's Wellington boots. It's a, it's a cute and it's a comical image, but there's nothing cute and there's nothing funny when it comes to this spiritual battle that Paul talks about. Isn't verse 12 so, so striking? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. By turning to Jesus, we've entered into a spiritual battle. And maybe that's the only thing that you need to hear today. Maybe you thought being a Christian meant constant peace and quiet. You envisioned a Christian life that was a picture of serenity. One day, yes, absolutely, but not this side of the grave. So don't be surprised if you've discovered your life is really tough still, even though you've become a Christian. We're in a spiritual battle, and we need spiritual armor. And only Jesus is really worthy enough to wear and, and fill out the great armor of God. And so only in Jesus does this passage apply to us. Only in Jesus can we put on the armor of God. And so the big message of this passage, of this whole letter, is summed up perfectly in verse 24. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. This whole letter is about an incorruptible love for Jesus and for each other. If we have an incorruptible love for Jesus and each other, then we can rest assured 
that we're surrounded and we're cloaked in the full armor of God. We will stand in this spiritual battle and we will stand against the schemes of the devil. This is what Paul is calling us to this morning, to stand together with an incorruptible love of Jesus and each other. The reason Paul needs to say this, the reason it's difficult to do at times, is because, because the devil wants to corrupt it. The devil wants to corrupt that love. Being in a battle, it means fighting. It means making a stand against the enemy. And only Jesus can really face down the devil and remain standing. That's what we see in the Gospels. Jesus is our only hope. For in him we live and move and have our being. Jesus made that extraordinary promise to Peter when he said, I will build my church and hell will not prevail against it. Jesus will build his church. He's unstoppable. But the devil will still try. The devil does not want Edinburgh North Church to succeed. The enemy does not want this vacancy to go well. What better time is there for him to employ all his weaponry, all his schemes, than during the vulnerability of a vacancy. And so that's why this may be the most important time in our lives as Christians, but also as Edinburgh North Church, to make sure our love for Jesus and each other is incorruptible. We must cling to Jesus with an incorruptible love. In him we're protected by the armor of God. And we stand not alone, but together. And that's our first point this morning. Stand together. Paul has, has written a, a whole letter about being together in Jesus. In chapters 1, 2, and 3, Paul explains how and, and why we're all joined together in Jesus. And in chapters 4, 5, and 6, Paul gives lots of implications and instructions for living together in Jesus. And then finally he says, verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Like all the other implications and instructions, this is something we do together. Together in Jesus. Together in him we are strong. Together in him, we have the strength of his might. Sometimes people think uh, Paul may have had a, a Roman soldier in mind when he wrote this passage. Uh, certainly, the, the Roman soldier is a, a helpful illustration. And particularly uh, in this point, the way the Romans used their, their great shields in, in battle, it was revolutionary. Um, I imagine you must have seen at least one movie where the, the Roman soldiers, they've all gathered together and they've got their shields up together as an impenetrable wall uh, to withstand the, the enemy. And the most important thing for that defense to work was to stick together, unbreakable and incorruptible. And that's such a big part of uh, Paul's message. 
Together in Jesus we are strong, like that, like that group of soldiers with all their shields together standing tall. The more time um, that we, we spend studying this letter, I think the more we have to return to chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. When every part is working properly, that's what the church needs to be. It's what discipleship is about. It's not just a nice idea or something to do, but we're helping each other to grow in maturity so that we're all standing tall together. I wonder if you picked up how many times Paul says the word stand and the word against. Paul calls the Ephesians to stand together because there is someone and something to stand against. When Jesus wakes us up from the sleep of our sin, we wake up into a war zone. We're in a spiritual battle, and we must stay alert. That's our second point, stay alert. Paul calls the Ephesians to stand together because someone wants them to fall. Because the devil wants them to fall, and so they need to stay alert. The devil wants to corrupt their love of Jesus and each other. And once corrupted, a Christian, a whole congregation, will fall like skittles. If we don't make every effort to stay alert to the reality of the devil, the spiritual battle, and his schemes against us as individuals, but as a whole church, then, then we'll fall. Let's read through verses 11 to 13 and again, and just notice those words, stand and against. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may, may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. We're in a spiritual war zone and we must be alert to the devil's schemes. When we become Christians, when the, the Spirit joins us to the body of Jesus, we become in opposition to the devil. We're now on the side of Jesus, and so the devil becomes the enemy. I found reading Sinclair Ferguson on this passage was really, really helpful. And he says, the devil hates God, hates those who love God, and hates their enjoyment of God. And then he goes on to list five things that the devil tries to destroy because of this, this hatred. And I've listed them on the, the sermon outline on the back of the, the order of service. Five things the devil wants to destroy. 
Firstly, the word of God and its reliability. Scheme number one, this thing that we're doing is not true, can't be relied on, old-fashioned, pick and choose which bits matter. Number two, the character of God and his generosity. Can I trust God? Is he trustable? Is he kind? Number three, the righteousness of God and his absolute dependability. Can we rely on God at all times? Is he infinitely good? Number four, the enjoyment of God and its abundant pleasures. How joyful do you feel at this time of year? Not much, I imagine. It gets dark, it gets cold. What a great time just simply for the devil to just insert himself into your your minds, your thoughts, your feelings, and make that seem like that's your relationship with God as well. And then number five, the fellowship of the people of God and its harmony and unity, pretty much all of what Ephesians has been about. How much the devil wants to get in and cut us off, isolate us as individuals, separate us, cause division. As we look at this list, I pray that the Holy Spirit would make sure that we're all alert and help helps us to see clearly if we at Edinburgh North Church are ever starting to fall to one of these schemes. Graham gave us an update on the the vacancy and the the minister we're we're, um, hoping to find. Well, certainly one to four must be things valued by the next minister of this church. And we'll only see them in him if they're valued by us. And number five, what about number five? What will the next minister find in us? What will he find when he arrives here? Will he find a fellowship of harmony and unity? Will he find a congregation defined by humility, gentleness, patience, bearing one another in love? Well, the only way to make sure that that is true of us at Edinburgh North Church that we never fail to any of these schemes, is to do point number three, to put on God's armor. Now, the big point about the armor of God is not picking apart each item, but making sure we put on the whole armor of God. Look to, look to verse 13 again. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. And every item listed in verses 14 to 17 are attributes of Jesus. So to put on the whole armor of God is to cling to the whole of Jesus. And in turn, that means to let Jesus into the whole of our lives. We can't have a bit left outside the armor of God. You can't have an arm out, a leg out. Any part of our lives that we keep from Jesus immediately becomes vulnerable to attack and will certainly, in the end, fail to withstand the schemes of the devil. Any piece of our our heart or our life, that one relationship, that, 
that one thing you want to keep from Jesus, whatever that peace is, the devil will use to destroy our love of Jesus and our love of church. That's how serious is this battle. I always, uh, I always remember this, this great quote from the TV show Frasier. Ethics are what we do when no one is looking. Ethics are what we do when no one is looking. How we behave when we think we can get away with it, it, it reveals the integrity and honesty of our character. That's true for everyone. But also, as for us as Christians, I think it can reveal to us our inner spiritual health. Ethics are what we do when no one is looking. And it's in these moments when the devil's schemes can really hit us the hardest. What this armor provides is a constancy in godliness, a life lived constantly in truth, cloaked in Christ's righteousness, a mind that is constantly being renewed and knows how to handle the sword of God's words whenever uh, he or she is called into battle. In the Bible, we, we read that the devil has several different names, uh, and he's also known as the accuser. The devil heaps on accusation after accusation against the Christian. And alone, in those times when we think no one's looking, that's when the devil is going to work his hardest. But... The Bible tells us if we're a Christian, we are in Christ. We are in Christ. And so as Paul says in Romans chapter 8, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, you may not know this, but Edinburgh North Church was, was born out of um, some really difficult times when they left the Church of Scotland. And though I wasn't there, I can imagine that that can't have been easy. And I was recently hearing about um, some more of the, the history there and how a team was put together to help uh, everyone take those really difficult first steps together as a new church, as Edinburgh North Church. And Paul wrote this letter uh, to a church we think that would have been about 10 years old. And it's almost 10 years old since ENC first started. And I, I think it's uh, in God's providence um, that we have this message today. I think it's a really timely message in some ways, it doesn't matter how long a church has been going. What matters the most is that in Jesus we stand together and we stay alert to the devil's schemes, that we love Jesus and 
each other with an incorruptible love. And then we survive, we persevere, we flourish, we grow in godliness. We live and rejoice in the spiritual blessings of Christ. And although it, it may not seem it, uh, seem like it for a lot of us at times, one of the greatest blessings is to pray. In Jesus, God hears our prayers. And constantly praying for each other in his, is his gracious means to help us be the church that Paul calls us to be. We must pray for each other, which is our final point this morning. Pray for each other. The church that stands together in the conflict zone of this spiritual battle and puts on the armor of God does it in the spirit of prayer. Look to verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. A life of constant godliness requires constant prayer. Paul is a, a tremendous example of a brave Christian. He is a Christian soldier but notice he still asked the Ephesians for prayer. Verse 19 and 20, And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Paul needs prayer. So the chains that hold his flesh don't become chains to his spiritual freedom. His freedom to proclaim the gospel. Paul prays just so that his mouth would open. Lord, just make my jaw work so that I can actually speak and share the gospel. An incredibly strong soldier, but prays for the littlest things just that his mouth would open. Incredible. As Christians, we need spiritual armor for this the spiritual battle that we're in. And it's through prayer that we keep on, that we persevere, that we stay alert, that we stay protected. As I've said and Graham said, this is the, the final sermon of this series in Ephesians. And because of the way that I've preached it um, occasionally, the first sermon in this letter was actually in October last year. Now, I was reflecting on that during the week, and I was thinking of all the things that's happened since then. All the things that's happened at Edinburgh North Church. The things that's happened in my personal life, in your lives that I know about. And the thing that remained constant, that kept me alert, that would have kept you alert, was prayer, that constant conversation with God constant conversation with God to keep changing us, to help us be filled constantly with his spirit, and to keep us standing against the schemes of the devil. Throughout this year, time and time again, I felt like it was pressed on me. This is the perfect time for the devil to get a foothold. Please, God, don't let that be. That was my prayer for this last year. And I should be our prayer all our lives, right? Prayer is the constancy in our lives that 
that keeps this community of believers standing together. And we must stand together as a church. Prayer is what will help us stay alert, to stay wise to the devil's schemes. Prayer is what will keep us. Keep us as a a church, always putting on God's armor. Prayer is what will give expression to these wonderful uh, two final verses in Ephesians. Two verses, as I say, that summarize the, the whole letter. In verses 23 and 24, Paul speaks of the peace that comes from forgiveness between God and each other, the love that God has for us, the grace we receive through our love of our Lord Jesus Christ, a love incorruptible. Let's pray. Father God, we pray to you not just because we have to, but because it is good. And through our prayers, you bend reality. Through our prayers, you protect us from the schemes of the devil. We pray, Father, that you would help us this morning to stand together, to stay alert, help us to put on God's armor, and help us to keep praying for each other. Be with us, Lord, we pray. Amen.